Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game and comic book store Level Up Entertainment to get together with friends every week and discuss uh, things we're passionate about. Uh, this week we're talking about our favorite one-off uh, characters in The Simpsons. Uh, as usual, I'm your host Scott and joining me is Kayla. Hi guys, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> yes, uh, she's got to join me for every time we talk about The Simpsons. Gotta. <laughs> uh, I know, I know off camera uh we want to talk about every episode it's just figuring out how to tackle it because there's it's still going yeah like it's insane like just for this trying to for this particular episode just trying to find characters that haven't been reintroduced like in the in the most recent seasons was just like such a task because there's so many yeah I'll, i'm I mean, full disclosure i haven't really watched anything beyond season 12 i think at the latest um and we're on like what 30 something now so yeah, yeah. 33 i think is that true 33. yeah that sounds right as it started 89 it's like 2021 now oh my god, god. that's sick <laughs> that is it's not it's not bad it's a good thing i guess but it's just crazy like that's so much time has passed well wow. i mean i know that's a big part of like the secret to why the simpsons predicted everything uh when you put out that much media you're gonna get it all right also we haven't uh addressed any of the systemic problems we've had in the country for the last 30 years so that's why we can predict all of these things coming true <laughs> um but you know, that's Let's a cross our fingers for the next 30. <laughs> that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about our favorite one-off characters. Uh, you know, so these are characters that just showed up for like one episode, did their thing and got out, but like so many of them are very so memorable. Um, so I know we've put together a list. Uh, we're not ranking them, we're just gonna talk about them in order of appearance. Um now these are different than these aren't necessarily like special guest characters, um, so I guess we should explain like what the difference is. Sure. Um, so to me, like obviously a one-off character is just someone who showed up for one episode and left, but versus like uh, you know like Lady Gaga showing up, they're playing themselves. They're not really a character. Um, I know a lot of these characters we're going to talk about have celebrity voices. Um, but they're not the celebrity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that that's kind of like part of the magic of the one-off character is that mm -hmm. sometimes they can get these really, really famous people to just play these really, you know, like they're mem they are memorable, but at the time they're writing it, they probably don't think that they're going to be memorable, you know, but it's just that wonderful combination of like a really well-written character with like this great talent kind of mixing and just like making these super special episodes that kind of like stick out. So I know I said I'm not ranking many order, but I think these are, I didn't even count them any other. I think these are our, our, our favorites. Um, what makes you, what made you choose the ones we're going to talk about today versus just like Leon Kapowski or something? The yeah, the I, I think it, as soon as you told me what the topic was, there were just a couple that immediately popped into my head and I was kind of trying to think about like why those certain ones popped into my head so easily. And it, I think it really just comes down to, you know, like they, they have cap, they're so good at writing these short stories. They're only like 20 minute stories and writing them um, so well that like they can make these characters that literally will be in existence for just 20 minutes. Right. But they kind of just, whatever situations they're putting them in or whatever relationships they're having with like our core group of characters are just so, 
you know, like either hilarious or memorable or touching. Some of them are just like really emotionally touching as well and just like sweet. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that like, it's just like, it's, we, it's really like writing at its best and like character design at its best in my opinion, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of like, I mean, some of these are some of the best episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, and going down the list um one of them i might a couple of them are arguably like the best like toppest tier we'll, we'll get to them when we get there <laughs> um but yeah i just think it's just yeah this i think it's just the show is the era because we're going to kind of tip our hands uh and putting together the list i'm like wow there's a couple of seasons we really like more than the others definitely <laughs> um, um I, I don't think anything goes beyond season 10 on here yeah and like I try I really do try because I know that there are really strong opinions about anything after that um so when we do like these lists I do try to look at some of the most recent ones just to see but it's really hard like they just don't compare on the same level you like, know like like for last October you and I uh ranked our top uh Treehouse of Horror shorts so in preparation for that I watched all of them mm -hmm. um including you know like the ones I hadn't seen like the newer ones and like there's just something wrong about them. They're yeah, not the same. They don't have the magic. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, maybe it's just, I mean, maybe it's also just our age. Like, you know, we, we were watching this as a kid, you True. know, when we were kids. Um, I'm a little bit older than you, but like, even then, like, I think the era still like applies. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe people will, you can like, uh, like armchair psychoanalyze us in the comments, which is fine. Yeah. If you guys have any opinions on this, chime in because I I want to know. Like, yeah, what is it? <laughs> I'm genuinely curious. And there's a lot of good characters we left off the list. Um, that you know, I I I cut them just because I felt I didn't have that much to say beyond like, oh, they're they're okay. Um, or I liked this episode, and like, these are some things I like about. It. But like, I have more to say about some of the, the characters we have left. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like they are, I think like they are the masters of kind of just like uh, bringing in their own kind of inside jokes, you know, and like mm -hmm. just kind of like creating little like little cameos or little characters for just like a blip on the screen that are just so memorable. But at the same time, there's like not enough meat to really talk about them, but yeah. like, so it was really hard for me to kind of tell the difference. Is it like, do I just like this because it's quirky and because I love this show? Or am I picking this because it's something that I actually think we can have a discussion about like why they're so great. So it was it was hard to narrow it down, but I feel like we did a really good job. Yeah, so um, I, without any more to say, let's get into the, our discussion here. Um, you wanna kick us off? Oh, oh I didn't mention we're, put, we're just talking about them in appearance order. We're not ranking them or anything. Because it's, it's kind of hard to, even though we'll get to them when we get there. I think there's two that are like clearly the top. Yeah. All right. So we started our list with Carl, not to be cused, uh, confused with the Carl of Lenny and Carl. This is yeah. a character in and of itself, Carl, from season two, episode two, Simpson and Delilah. It aired October 8th, 1990. And um, the voice actor of Carl for the episode is Harvey Firestein, which is just, he's incredible. Like he has oh, yeah. such a great voice. <laughs> so always so distinct. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> well, well, you know, let's, uh, so in this episode, this is the episode where Homer takes like this miracle hair growth formula. And because he's got like this newfound like head of hair, he gets promoted at the power plant. 
uh, and gets an assistant uh, who's Carl, um, who kind of like instills all this confidence and stuff in him. Why did you uh, want to talk about Carl, Kayla? Because I do like him too. Yeah, he's just <laughs> so uh, Carl is, as Scott said, Homer's assistant just for this particular episode. And the lengths at which Carl goes to just like save Homer's butt <laughs> like in the episode so many times it's just like ridiculous like no human being would do it. it's like he's like this magical creature um he, like this unicorn who's just like willing to do anything to like make Homer the idiot kind of you know stay in this position as long as he can um there's also some I think it's, they kind of allude to Carl maybe possibly being like attracted or or in love with Homer, which is kind of interesting. And I love that because Homer just like doesn't even know. Oh yeah, he, he's he's very coded gay in this. I mean, Harvey yeah. Firestein in real life is, is gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this was before they started more overt with that with Smithers. I don't know. I don't know how early in the show they decided to make Smithers like in love with Mr. Burns. Yeah. We, I mean, we'll we'll talk we'll about Smithers later. His his evolution actually kind of <laughs> is reflect. And going down the list, I was like, wow, there's a lot of decent Smithers stuff coming up. I love uh, Smithers. He's like yeah. one of my favorite characters. <laughs> um, but you know, like, well, you know, he slaps Homer's butt. Uh, he kisses Homer at one yeah. point. <laughs> um, you know, my mother never told me to kiss a fool, and then he kisses him. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he he's a really fun like. He's a really memorable character and just like the sheer inverse of competency versus incompetency with Homer. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a, and Simpson and Delilah is a fun early episode. I think it's, it's one of the first episodes that feels more like the Simpsons as we know it. Because yeah. the first season was still like very loose and kind of sloppy. They're still like season two is where it became like the Simpsons when you think of the Simpsons, if that makes any sense. And I think it's one of the first episodes too where you're not seeing um, like Mr. Burns as kind of like just this evil, evil man, this evil character. He is also just like an incompetent idiot at times. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this guy has a great head of hair. I'm gonna like promote him to be the head of this department. Yeah, and he doesn't fire Homer at the up. end because he's like, you know, after he loses his hair and stuff, it's like he just gives him his old job back. Yeah. Like, listen, I also understand what it's like to be, you know, because he's bald too. Yeah. I, I forget what I forget exactly what he says, but it's like, you know, be cursed with you know, male pattern baldness or whatever. Um it's just a funny line that I just butchered like hell. Um but yeah let's let's move on to the the next person on the list because I think they might be the earliest, like, real standout uh, one-off character. Um, and that's Mr. Bergstrom from yeah. season two, episode 19, yeah. Lisa Substitute, which premiered on uh, May, <coughs> oh, sorry, March 25th, 1991, uh, played by Dustin Hoffman. Um, so, yeah, uh, he kind of becomes like a, he becomes Lisa Substitute in the episode, Substitute Teacher for a little while. And becomes sort of like a pseudo surrogate father figure to her someone she like an adult she connects to because she does not connect to homer um and it's actually kind of like a much sweeter episode i don't remember it being particularly hilarious yeah not than the graduate joke where you're trying to seduce me mrs krabappel <laughs> which you know a meta joke because it's dustin hoffman um but obviously it's got that really like memed up ending 
where she, he gives Lisa a note um, that says, you know, to remind her, like, you know, to get her through the tough times and just says, you are Lisa Simpson. Um, I don't know. It's a really sweet episode. I'm glad you put this one on the list, Kayla. Yeah, Mr. Bergstrom, like, I, you know, he's the teacher that I would love to be, but know that I never can't, like, never could be, you know, he's kind of like a role model in a way, just like, he exudes this confidence, which is like amazing, like, he walks into the room dressed as a cowboy, and just like, you know, immediately, like, wins over this group of kids, and especially like Lisa, and it's just like this really lovely relationship between the two, and I think that like, in season two, like, Lisa, is my favorite character hands down I think I've thought about this a lot and I think she's my favorite but in season two especially she is like severely depressed second grader I think we oh, see like yeah. her depression and her apathy like later on but like season two it's like hardcore they haven't like figured out how to make that like endearing just yet I feel like yeah um and you just feel for her because at the end he he has to go he has to go yeah and he's that a moment, substitute you know yeah and that moment with the note makes me tear up every time. <laughs> I tear up at the Simpsons a lot. <laughs> There's some really touching there episodes. There really are. Yeah. Uh, and actually later in the episode, the very end when, um, you know, she gets really mad at, it's like right after Mr. Bergstrom leaves and Homer, she gets really mad at Homer, kind of like blows up on him. And he goes up to her room and like consoles her in his like buffoonish, like Homer kind of way. And it's just such a sweet, moment the whole thing is just a great episode it's yeah she calls episode. him an ape earlier right and uh, then he kind of does yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of does this monkey thing and like I don't yeah know. I, I i love when they make lisa like a kid yeah and that was very like a very childish kind of ending like with her and homer uh, uh, lisa's a character i didn't particularly care for when i was younger but like she's the character i love like i've grown to love her so much over the years and her and homer's episodes where you know like they're, they're the, the duo of the main of the main series or the main story like are just my favorite and I just love them I agree they should have a spin-off where they like solve crimes together or something <laughs> yeah you know what Homer thought marriage was gonna be <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yeah well yeah which reminds me there is an episode we didn't I guess we'll do uh, uh, honorable mentions later but yeah. I think I think one of my favorite Homer Lisa episodes is the the one with uh Hans Sprungfeld and uh <laughs> Donald Sutherland. I'm forgetting his name where he's the, the historian. What's the plot of the episode? So Lisa discovers that the town founder, uh oh Springfield's not yeah broad. Um I, I love <laughs> that Homer is the only one that like believes her in that. And he's like, Hey, you know, you're always right about these things for once. Yeah. I want to be on the ground floor. And because he backs her, like he loses his position as town crier and all these things. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, I, I, I want to do, we're going to definitely do an episode. We're going to do more episodes where we're going to deep dive on, I think, specific characters, but I definitely want to do one where we just discuss Homer and Lisa's relationship. Yeah. And I maybe, mean, maybe just their family relationships in general, because there's a lot of really good, like Bart and Marge. Bart and episodes. Lisa, too. There's yeah, Bart so and Lisa. Yeah. Bart and Lisa's. Oh, so good. All right. So we'll save that for the future. That'll be a <laughs> Any excuse to talk about The Simpsons and I'm here. I know. <laughs> Which, speaking of, um, we'll move on to our, our next uh, our, our next highlighted uh, one-off character here. Um, I chose Mindy Sims, uh, Simmons from Season 4, Episode 9, Last Temptation of Homer, uh, premiered December 9th, 1993. Played uh, actress is Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, 
So the episode is she's a new employee at the plant who more or less seems to be the perfect mate for Homer. And he kind of questioned, he's attracted to her and he, and he kind of struggles with their feelings for one another versus, you know, his commitment to, to Marge. What I like is they never go out of her way to make her like a homewrecker. Yeah. She just, she's basically just female Homer in personality wise, but because of that, they have this connection to each other, but she's not out there trying to seduce him. And yeah, I appreciate like that. <clears throat> yeah. And, but like, it, it makes sense why Homer and her kind of fall for each other. And like, they kind of keep getting pushed together uh, in different scenarios, which, which make things uncomfortable. And I love Homer, like loving his family and like, kind of like them reaffirming that at the end. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, there's like this moment where he, his guardian angel Colonel Clink like takes him. He shows him what his life would be like if he didn't marry Marge. Yeah, and, if he, if he left Marge and went and went with Mindy. Yeah, and so and like sure. all their lives are just better. <laughs> yeah, everyone's lives are better. Marge is the president. Yeah. Mindy and Homer have a mansion, and they're like in love and having a great time. Um, and at the end, after that, like kind of like hallucination he has, uh, he kind of just like is really sad about it sitting on the hotel bed next to Mindy and it seems like things are going to happen but because he thinks like it's fate that this is just supposed to happen like no way he can avoid it it's gonna kind of have this outcome and it's gonna like ruin his family but I think just like the fact that he is just so it's the same thing goes for Homer I feel like he's not going out of his way to try and like make this happen or have an affair he's just like so kind of naive that he thinks that like it has to happen you know what i mean i mean in, in the episode <laughs> like the world keeps putting them together <laughs> right like like you said like i think that the, the thing with colonel clink uh is really just kind of like his brain rationalizing it in a <laughs> yeah. way i mean i don't want to think homer simpson's thought process too much this is before he was like dumber than a sack of rocks right um <laughs> Yeah, he's like too he's dumb now. <laughs> he was just kind of like emotionally dumb, you know. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I think he had he, he just it makes sense that you know it happens in real life. You know, I'm not trying to put any put anyone on blast, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, you can't help you, it. You meet new people come into your life, and you may have a weird connection to them, and like relationships, platonic and romantic, and uh, you know, just people in general are are messy, and just it happens, and. I think as long as, you know, Homer's honest about his feelings at the end and because of that, he doesn't do anything he doesn't want to do, you know? And it all worked out. Yeah. Hopefully Mindy went on to have a happy life somewhere. <laughs> I know there's a clip show episode later where they talk about like, because Marge earlier also had like an infidelity, like temptation episode. Mm -hmm. with the, the I almost put him on, but I was like, he's a, he's a turd. That's yeah, not I, I, hate, I hate Jock. It's different. Yeah. But we have a, another Albert Brooks character <laughs> later because <laughs> um, he did a couple of like one-off characters um mm -hmm. like i remember they you know they're telling this homer's telling the story and marge is like yeah whatever happened to mindy upside i was like and homer mentioned something offhand like oh uh she lost her job and hit the bottle real hard or something like that so because <laughs> we haven't seen her in like three years or something <laughs> since um i mean i know a lot of these characters show up as like cameos and stuff and backgrounds later um but you know they, they're not really I'm not we're not counting that stuff right just because then then there's no no one to talk about because yeah they're all <laughs> they're all somewhere uh in the show at some point again 
Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's just one of those episodes. There's so many great bits to it. Like, it's one of the ones that like I, I maybe not like top tier episodes for me, but whenever I, I go through like rewatching, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this one and I enjoy it every time. Well, it also has a good um, subplot too with Bart and Milhouse. Isn't this the one where they they get the factory? They have no. The, um, no. That's Homer's enemy. An episode. We're gonna oh, that's it. Which yes. one, but they have a good subplot too. I feel like I can't. Remember. I watched so many today that they're all running together into one giant episode. <laughs> I don't remember there being a subplot to this no? one. I think it was all all a plot. Because okay. all, all the smaller moments I can think of serve this, like Marge being sick and then getting that weird smeared. Oh, oh the smeared T-shirt. That's um, so good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know like Homer at the bar getting advice about this and like Barney tells him this like actually profound thing is like, hey, you know, like uh, you don't actually, these aren't actual feelings. This is just like a, a thing. And he's like, oh, wow, Barney, that was really deep. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. I got it off this coaster. And it's just on yeah. a coaster. <laughs> It's just like this, like a paragraph crammed onto it. I want to just mention the the moment with Marge and the t-shirt is one of the cutest Marge moments, I think. It's just like, she's really sick on the couch talking to Homer when he gets home from work. And she, he, she's supposed to look like disgusting because he's like, you know, feeling these uh, feelings of attraction towards somebody else. So she's supposed to look like really repulsive and the shirt's supposed to be, it's like this stretched out image of her. And she goes, I, there's a new kiosk at the mall that puts your face on a t-shirt and I got $2 off mine because it was smeared, a smear. Yeah. I was like, that's just so precious. Well, I, love, I love later Homer's wearing it. And like I know, I know. in the hotel with Mindy and because uh, they had they had to go for a work trip, not because they were like meeting up. Um, uh, and he's wearing it, and then like someone's like floor buffering in the hallway, and it sounds like Marge's like naggy voice, and it's just like it's just like a, it's just like the you know like the like a ticking like the telltale heart kind of thing where you feel the guilt. Um, so the reveal of that and the shirt together, uh, I thought was really funny. Yeah, I think the answer was, he knew the answer all along. For you to even bring that shirt with you means that like, you know, you're bringing a piece of home with you on your trip. Like he always knew, he yeah. just, he was just confused. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. Like I said, Homer's not a very emotionally intelligent. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, Last Temptation of Homer is a good episode. I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. glad we had to talk about it. Uh, you want, to, you want to bring up the next one? The next one's kind of a doozy. Sure. Yeah, this one, I think there's a general consensus that this is just a great episode, a great character. So our next one is Lyle Landley from season four, episode 11, Marge versus the Monorail. It aired on January 14th, 93. And our voice actor is the late, great Phil Hartman. Who has, in addition to Lyle Landley, is two of the, the best characters in the history of the show. Yes. Uh, you know, with uh, Troy McClure and um, Hutz. Um, you know, it's funny. Troy McClure only ever met, interacted with The Simpsons once, right? He's in like so many episodes. Yeah. He's always the clip show host. Yeah. Or like, and then he married Selma. That one's a good one. That was one. the only time he ever interacted with like any of the characters. On yeah. The show. Um, but, you know, Lyle Lanley, he's the old timey like snake oil salesman who sells the town of Monorail. <laughs> and like, cuts all the corners and skips town with all the money uh, and just a charlatan and does this from town to town. Um, one of the most gag filled episodes I think ever. Um, so many great little bits. I, I just even saying like, I call the big one bitey uh, <laughs> is so great. Um, but what makes 
Lyle's so memorable is the the monorail song. He kind of he kind of slickly comes in on the town, uh, the town meeting, how to spend this like surplus money they have, um, and does this really really catchy song. Um, I love when he's like doing the training, um, and it's all you see is uh, so. In conclusion, mono means one and rail means rail, and that concludes our intensive two week course. And then he just randomly picks Homer to be the the conductor. Not even he goes to the room and he's just like, uh, you and just waves his hand and Homer's like, who me? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is fun because like Marge gets to do like some sleuthing. Like I feel like this is normally like a part and Lisa thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um uh so you know, she kind of finds out it's fake and tries to stop the town. Like it's they you know, the the maiden voyage is like disastrous and like they can't the brakes fall off and they can't stop the the monorail. And it's got Leonard Nimoy in it, and he's great. Everything he does in this episode is great. I love when Krusty's trying to jump off the monorail and kill himself. He comes out and grabs him and is like, no, the world needs laughter. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. I, it's, it's just so much great stuff in this. It's a such a jam-packed episode. It really is, and yeah. He's, he's Lyle's such a standout, memorable character in it. Right down to even what he's wearing, you know, like his old timey um, seersucker suit jacket with his bow tie and his straw hat, like yeah. just looking real sharp when he comes he, in town. He looks like a dude that runs a carnival. Like, yeah, <laughs> essentially with his yeah. little like pin curls. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. You may or may not know the answer to, but mm-hmm. the, um, so when she goes to Ogdenville, one yeah. of the other towns that had the monorail and figures out you maybe know. it was North North Haverbrook. Yeah, North Haverbrook, one of the towns. She meets the um he wasn't the old conductor, but he was like a scientist on the He monorail. was like the engineer or something. Yeah. Is he supposed to be um is he like playing off of a character from pop culture? Or is I don't he just think so? I think he's you know? just generic like mad scientist okay. weirdo. But he um, shouldn't have stopped to get that haircut. I know that's what made them late and not able to stop the monorail from going, which is such a great joke. Um, like why? There, there's so many. There's so many great jokes in this episode. I, I love the. Uh, he's a scientist. He's here to help. You know, I've got help from a scientist. Is it Batman? No, it's not Batman. Batman's a scientist. Like, I don't know. There's, there's oh, it's so great. Um, especially because, like, I think. Homer is more specifically referring to like the Adam West version of Batman um, because he is a scientist. He does like all kinds of experiments and stuff in his Batcave, which is something I always like. And at, you know, at the time Fox owned that version of the character. So, you know, it worked out. Um, but yeah, the, the Marge versus Monorail is in contention for a lot of people for best episode. I don't know if I would put it that high I'd have to think about my top 10. I think it would be a bubble episode for me. Mm. Um, if I'm talking pure gags, it's definitely up there. It's like that and like last exit to Springfield. But I generally like this, the episodes that have more of like a, an emotional heart to it. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I do love any of the episodes with songs in them. <laughs> oh my it- God. They're, just, I, I, they're really great at making jingles and stuff. I had a, a CD like Songs in the King of uh, Kia Springfield as a kid, and I listened to it all the time. The monorail song was on there, of course. <laughs> uh, there's, I, I, uh, yeah, the song is so great. Like it really so brings good. it up to like another level. Um, and because <laughs> yeah, that either. character it's is a big part of it, that makes it so memorable, you know? Yeah. That is the first thing you think of when you think of that episode. Oh, oh yeah, right. exactly. You know, you think about you know, the ring came off my pudding can. Yeah. <laughs> man like 
Ah, uh, yeah, there's, I, it's, it's so memorable. Like it's just tattooed in my brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you want to bring up our next character here. Sure. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Um, okay, so our next character is Stacy Lavelle from season five, episode 14, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. It aired February 17th, 1994. And the actor is Kathleen Turner, which I can't believe she did this. Like, <laughs> I mean, Dustin she, Hoffman, I can't believe, did it as early as he did as well. I guess, but she just seems so stoic and like this classic Hollywood actress, you know, so glamorous. I just really couldn't believe that they got her to do it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's so good. I mean, and, <laughs> and her character is kind of simple, but she does crush it. Yeah. Um, like she's not in the episode that much, mm-hmm. I want to say, but uh, you know, every part of her in it is very memorable. I love when she's going down like her list of ex-husbands and they're all references <laughs> to toys. Um, like yeah. one's like G.I. Joe. Um, Ken. And he, they mentioned he's got Kung Fu Grip. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dr. Colossus is one of them. Yeah, Dr. Colossus. Super villain they make up. Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, this episode's really good commentary on like the toy industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a formative episode for Smithers. I, I want to say this may be the first time we really get a glimpse of what he's like outside of work yeah. with his Malibu Stacy collection and like. <laughs> at the end it's like with all the little girls trying to get the new one because she's got a new hat um and that's the only thing that's <laughs> as someone with a, a, a dorky retail store that is how people are with collectibles <laughs> it's so accurate and kind of sad Just this episode like nailed it <laughs> yeah um, but, yeah the whole thing so if you guys need a refresher, the episode. So basically, Malibu Stacy is the Simpsons version of Barbie, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in this modern era of Malibu Stacy, they have like a pull string, and she's just saying really, you know, anti-feminist yeah. stuff. Like it's the first time she there's like a talking Malibu Stacy. Yeah, and she's saying things like, you know, don't think too hard or it will give you wrinkles. Like just ridiculous stuff, you know. I forget and, what she says that Marge also says. Oh yeah, there was one line I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so drown <laughs> drown our sorrows in a big bowl of ice cream or something. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she um, says all these like, like uh, not progressive stuff. And it disappoints Lisa because up until this point, she got to make up her, the personality for the character. Right, right. It's just a toy. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of crushing a little bit. And I love that the, the other girl gets one and it's got a Spider-Man voice box in it. <laughs> and it's like my spider sense is tingling and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but lots of good commentary on, on toy stuff and like especially toys for like little girls. Um, I know I don't want to get on a soapbox or anything, but I know at the store we try to make an effort to like not differentiate like boys things versus girls mm-hmm. things. It's just, you like it or you don't. I know people right. instinctively put like the babysitters club comics, like in it, and this is for girls stuff. But mm-hmm. I know, I know we very specifically like don't do like a four girl section or four boy section, even though I think some people do look for that. Um, but I, I've never yeah. been a fan of like play with what you want, read what you want. Like, yeah you know we grew up in the era of like the toy store like the girls aisle was all pink, pink. like yeah. literally all pink like you boys knew were you were in the have, girl aisle yeah, boys were allowed to have more than one color right and like yeah. it was just it really was like 
your kind of only options were just like, you know, Barbie or like cute little, you know, take care of this baby cat or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These babies little, that like poop and stuff. Like who wants to play with right, that? You need to like raise the baby. And it's yeah. just kind of like, you know, I being, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of our audience members will, you know, agree and think back to times like that and just be like, yeah, this this episode really kind of nails it. it. Speaks to what you wish you had as a kid, like Lisa designing a doll called Lisa Lionheart. Like that's just incredible, you know. <laughs> oh, I love when they're trying to model the doll. Oh like, yeah, I'll model it after after my hair or my <laughs> hair. She's like, because all the Simpsons hair, like the kid, the, 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 yeah, their their heads don't make any sense. She's like, oh my god, all of you guys are hideous. Um, <laughs> all have hideous hair. Yeah. Um, like I, I love that Lisa makes this, this little like role model-y uh, kind of doll. I'm like, it's depressing that it doesn't sell. But like at the end, I love that like one little girl buys it. And Lisa's like, if I change that one little girl's mind, okay. and then Stace, you know, Stacy Lavelle's like, if only if she buys like ten thousand more or whatever it is. <laughs> I know that's the best thing the about Stacy Lavelle is that she's just like a hardcore realist you know yeah. she like is when you when lisa first finds her she's like this recluse basically like um yeah. hasn't been in the industry hasn't worked with malibu stacy in like decades she gets kind of kicked out but also she was funneling money from the company to the vehicle <laughs> so they kicked her out of her ceo status and then she became this like drunk recluse and it's kind of like that age-old story of like the reluctant kind of you know the reluctant not hero but basically like they don't want to be pulled into it but in the end they kind of have to mentor this younger person to like they think i'm out but they pulled me back in yeah yeah um, it's so good <laughs> it's like i she got really disillusioned by everything because she is like malibu stacy is based on her which is why it has the same name and then just yeah it it i don't know i think she got really cynical and like because it's the corporate stuff like i i get it she's actually a fairly well realized kind of character who's only around for like yeah. a few minutes really yeah. um but i was that was a good pick i'm glad you put that one on um so our next one we're kind of cheating a little bit uh but that's okay because uh we made up the rules so whatever <laughs> um you can put us in podcast jail if you want but uh, our next character quote unquote is the town of shelbyville um uh friends we, we get to they shelbyville was as their rivalry with springfield was has been brought up many times like this has been kind of been built up um but the first time we get to see shelbyville or any of its inhabitants is season six episode 24 lemon of troy which premiered on may 14th 1995 um i don't think they had any special voice actor i think they were all just simpsons regulars but i love that everyone's got like kind of an analog character there <laughs> and i love that when they first show it up like you don't really I, at least when i first watch it I didn't really realize that like the Bart kid kind of looked like Bart, mm -hmm. but once you're in Shelbyville, like everyone's got like, like what was like, instead of Moe's it's Joe's. Yeah. Um, there's another Indian immigrant at like whatever their new quickie Mart is like when they finally start there's showing a, it. A female groundskeeper, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> another, it's just another She's Scottish amazing. groundskeeper at the school. I wish she had a name. <laughs> like, I mean, her name could be Willie too. Cause I think that can true. also be a girl's name. Right. Or am I thinking? Why Winnie? not? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Winnie would be good. It could be Winnie. Um. Anyway, I don't. Did we learn any of those kids' names except for Millhouse? Except for Millhouse? Um, no. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we learn any of the Shelbyville people's names except for Millhouse. 
Which is uh, such a beautiful scene. <laughs> is this the end for Millhouse? I thought my name, I thought I was the only one named Millhouse, a pain I know only too well. And then they start <laughs> hugging and crying. Like, like when dudes cry. cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's so much great stuff in this episode but i I love that it's like bart leads like a little gang of kids to like so shelbyville like there's they kidnap or not kidnap i guess you don't really kidnap a tree Uh, (laughs) they dig up and steal like the springfield's beloved lemon tree which is like the cornerstone of you know the kid economy because you know lemonade stands and whatnot um so they go on like this really kind of cool rescue mission uh to go get it so it's like uh, Bart Milhouse, Nelson Martin, Rod, and Data. I think. Yeah. Um. They or or is it Todd? What one of the the younger Flanders kid, whatever his name is. <laughs> um. They they go on like kind of this raid to get it back, and there's so much great character moments in. I love that uh, Nelson and uh, Martin get paired together. Yeah. Um, they're always a good duo. Oh, they're so much fun together. Like, <laughs> especially later seasons, they clearly show that they are secret friends. Yep. Nelson's one of the great side characters in this in the show yeah they capture like kid relationships so well they yeah. really do you know like the bully who's secretly your friend but like yeah. i love that he i love it. that he left being just a being just a bully yeah he more so much more. i love that like he's still like a bully but for like this is for wasting teachers valuable time <laughs> right like, yeah like it's like it's more from, it's got like a more of a justice angle to it <laughs> and just like you're smaller than me i'm gonna punch you like <laughs> um oh, but there's so much great stuff in it this is the episode that actually uh helped me remember roman numerals yeah <laughs> that's an ongoing thing like they run out on the roman numeral lesson and there's mm-hmm. a part where bart's like stuck in like a tiger cage and he has to get out like the right door and he does it by adding the rocky movies together because they all use roman numerals oh, i was rocky seven adrian's revenge stuff like yeah <laughs> oh, god i love when the, the parents eventually get involved mm-hmm and team up on them when they found that they stole the lemon tree yeah that they team up together so it's like homer and bart versus like shelbyville homer and bart um and you get the great like lemon face meme where you just eat the oh, so good yeah <laughs> it's just so sour his face sucks up i love when they're trying to sweep the junkyard and the dogs are chasing bart homer throws meat at him to stop him and he just swallowed like run faster boy they've got taste for meat now uh, <laughs> yeah it's just and like the whole um you know like the whole gang like piles into flanders like new rv <laughs> and like yeah he like reluctantly uses it and they use it as like this kind of um you know trojan horse kind of thing where they 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 stage it so that the impact the the shelbyville homer like takes it to his impound lot and gets locked inside because that's yeah. where the tree is being kept yeah and it's just like this really good like kind of heist happening oh yeah it, it's such a fun episode and like mm-hmm. We spend so much time in Springfield that like being in Shelbyville for almost the whole episode, like even though it's another like just generic American town, it feels so different. Like, right? Yeah. Like you feel it feels so alien. Yeah. You know, it's fundamentally like really not that different. Um, but yeah, you definitely feel like the kids are like on their own out of their element. Like Bart has a disguise and like kind of joins the other gang. Um, I love when he kind of reveals who he is. And he's like, oh, and I'm Bart Simpson. Like, they don't know who he is. Yeah, they're like, oh. <laughs> and then he's like from Springfield. And then they're like, oh, now we hate you. Let's get him. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, I think that like this is the first episode where, you know, like 
there's kind of like these undertones that like Shelbyville is supposed to be like their rival town, but they don't really like go into it too much. But I, like this is the first time where we kind of like, you know, see how deep their rivalry runs. Actually, in the monorail episode, they yeah. like, oh, I'll just take my business to Shelbyville, and that's what kind of like turns them yeah. on to like, all yeah, right, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> like, I guess it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, we're twice as smart as people. Shelbyville, tell us your idea and we'll vote on it. Um, well, you know, again, he's trying to, he's, they're, he's, they're rubes and he's working on that. And that's an easy way to get them to do that. Um, oh yeah, it's just, it's everyone on, in the Shelbyville, even though I don't think they have names, they're so memorable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's just such a great episode. And it's just, it's, yeah, one of the all-time classics. Um, there's so much great, material to come out of it i'm surprised there hasn't been more memes um yeah like turnip juice come on yeah let's start it <laughs> you can start that i i, I <laughs> and i guess our next pick is also kind of cheating a little bit because i was thinking about he's technically shown up more but this is the only time he's been like an original version character version mm -hmm. um, and that's george hw bush um, and we're talking specifically about season seven, episode 13, Two Bad Neighbors uh, from January 14th, 1996. He's played by Harry Shearer. Um, so this is the one where, uh, you know, now former president George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush, oh my God, um, moves in across the street to the Simpsons and there's a mild Dennis the Menace thing, but like uh, Homer and him become enemies. Um, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's a really great episode. I, <laughs> yeah, just even like from the very beginning, this episode is so good. Cause like the whole thing starts out like they're having like this neighborhood yard sale. And, um, you know, so everybody's like out and about in the neighborhood and then they see like the new neighbors move in and they're all kind of curious to see who it is. And it's like the last person you would expect. And they move into this giant mansion that's like across the street from the Simpsons home, but we've never seen it before. And even the Simpsons are like, oh, I've never noticed it before. It's like literally across the street. Yeah, it's literally in front of their house. Um, um, I, what I like about it is, is, all right, so the original George Bush, uh, it's kind of got a goofy <clears throat> old timey kind of flavor to them in general. Yeah. Um, like in real life too, but like, I like that they don't really dig into like the politics no, yeah. of it. It's just like this kind of goofy. He's just kind of square. <laughs> yeah, just, just a square guy. Yeah. But, uh, they do make some jokes about it. That's good. Like he's writing his memoirs and like, I accomplished everything, which I didn't need at the second term. <laughs> uh, lost. Um, uh, you know, when he, when I like he, the line where he's like, I'm going to ruin you like a Japanese banquet. Yeah. <laughs> that one's really good. <laughs> so there's like a couple things about yeah, like, I think he, he threw up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a couple of them, but it's not like about like his policies or whatever. No, yeah. But, and I love that, you know, uh, Barbara Bush loves Bart. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he comes over, does the dance mask thing, like, hello, Mr. Bush. And he kind of accidentally antagonizes him. And then he, he goes too so far, he destroys his memoirs by accident. And then he, he gets spanked by him. And that's when Homer gets involved. Yeah. He's like, he spanks you? The way he yeah. just, the way Homer says that line is always so funny to me. <laughs> um, I love grandpa's like, I got spanked by Grover Cleveland on two non-consecutive occasions. <laughs> um, I did. Yeah, this just becomes this big prank war. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. It's just so, 
I am granted the Simpsons have met a lot of celebrities even by this point, but like something about it being George W. You know, George H. W. Yeah. Bush, like well, being okay. a former, like the last president we just had, it's so surreal that it like is amazing. Yeah, and I think part of the magic of this particular instance is that like a lot of times the celebrities on the show are being played by the actual celebrity, whereas this one is like being played by one of the one of the normal cast so they can really like make it their own character which i think is yeah. why it's so like he he it's like he gets along really well with ned flanders because they're basically cut from the same cloth like yeah. that's kind of the vein in which it's <laughs> so it's just this really well and then at the end after all of the wars happen they finally give up and move away and jerry ford moves in and like yeah. him and homer like <laughs> not like uh you know get along really well right from the get-go yeah. do you like nachos <laughs> yeah, yeah. well because because their characters of themselves are not really trying to be right. accurate but like right. <laughs> gerald ford's kind of like a bumbling every and if you're going to go the character route so it makes sense that they would kind of quickly pair him with homer right um which is a lot of fun but like i love that um gorbachev comes over to give him a housewarming <laughs> present he's like i can't show weakness in front of the Russians because he's like Barbara's trying to make him uh, apologize to Homer. Um, uh, it's it's a fun episode. Like I I love. It's just you also get a lot of great old man jokes. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. I'm glad I'm glad we we picked that one. Um, what do you say? <laughs> quick commercial break, uh, and then we'll come back. And then I think we have a couple of. Uh, we'll go to our, our second half of the list, and we're going to start off with like a big one when we come back. Created by husband and wife team Kendall and Kayla, Star Savior Bunny combines Sailor Moon-esque superheroics with the challenges of early adulthood. Read for free at tapas.io and check out their Instagram at Star Savior Bunny for new updates and projects. Thank you for listening to our podcast, but have you checked out our store yet? We sell all kinds of nerdy products from comics and graphic novels to retro video games, model kits, toys and statues and more. Visit us at levelupentertainment.com and as a special exploratory promotion, the first 20 people to use the code FRIENDSCAST at checkout will receive 10% off their first purchase. If this is successful, we will do more podcast-exclusive promotions in the future. That's levelupentertainment.com and code FRIENDSCAST. F-R-I-E-N-D-S-C-A-S-T. This message is for Ileana and Miguel. Hey, this is uh, Gabriel Iglesias. It's Mark Hamill here. What's up, y'all? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G. Martha Sedan, the Zombie King. I'm Paul Felder, UFC fighter. WWE superstar Sonya Deville. What's up, guys? This is Harry Mack. Hi, I'm Julia Lewald. And I'm Eric Lewald. Hey, this is Matt Cardona from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Yakko Warner here, described mysteriously as an old man from Michigan. And you are watching Toy Quest 101, baby. And you're watching Toy, Toy Quest 101. You're watching Toy Quest 101. And you're watching Toy Quest 101. Hey guys, it's Ileana and Miguel here from Toy Quest 101. Make sure to check us out for toy reviews, actual unboxings, and to see what celebrity guests might pop up to help us inspire kids with autism and special needs. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Toy Quest 101. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Bye now.
Okay, and we're back. Um, so this is one of the two characters on the, sh uh, the on this list. I would argue are would be our, if we were to rank them, I'd have a hard time putting them at one or two. Um, but we've got Hank Scorpio from season eight, episode two. You only move twice. Uh, premiered uh, November third, nineteen ninety six. Um, voice actor Albert Brooks. Um, so in this, Homer gets a new job at a different nuclear plant. Um, to kind of like lead a, a task force as eventually revealed in the episode that he's working for his boss is super super nice but it's eventually revealed that he's like a super villain and homer's like a very bond-esque super villain which gets parodied later as a james bond character kind of shows up to stop him um <clears throat> one of the all-time great characters uh of, of hank scorpio in my opinion um because he's the juxtaposition of him being like this really like laid back kind of hip boss yeah. um is also secretly a supervillain and homer's complete obliviousness to it even as like <laughs> there's like a gi joe versus cobra-esque firefight around him and he's like hey if you could kill someone on your way out it would really help me out <laughs> um i love it when their james bond character kind of gets away and like homer tackles him and then they just shoot him to death off camera um while, while he's talking to homer about like something i, I don't think it's, the, it's not the hammock scene but it might have been like him looking for sugar for his coffee <laughs> something real mundane you know yeah he's getting i think he's getting something on the vending machine he's like dollars yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's trying to get another dollar That's yeah. What it is. yeah um he's like yeah oh yeah when you get back home there's gonna be a new roof or a uh, new uh floor on your house <laughs> like so that. good yeah, yeah they've like given the family this like amazing perfect house where everything like self-cleans itself as like an incentive to like come yeah. take this job that he doesn't really know what it is <laughs> yeah it's like um it's like a, there, so homer's making a lot more money the town's in this very affluent area it seems like the perfect uh thing homer's very successful in his new job um, you know, we get to find out he always wanted to own the Dallas Cowboys, so he buys. Um, <laughs> oh my God, was it Tom Landry's hat? Yeah, Tom Landry. Yeah, he buys Tom Landry's hat from like a sports memorabilia store, which is shown to be like a little bit of a fraud. Um, uh, so you know, like Tom Landry's hat can't motivate you. I don't know what will. That's what sparks the hammock thing. Yeah. Um, the hammock thing. I think I believe the hammock conversation they have is improvised. I don't think that was written, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that a, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's got a very improv improvisational feel where it's just Dan yeah. and, and Albert Brooks kind of playing off each other for a minute, just going on about where you can buy hammocks. There's a whole hammock district, it turns out. Um, you know, it's hammock, hammock, hammocks. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like, oh, and there's there's like, you know, I think Lazy Susan's hammocks. And then the best part is she gets in the hammock with you. Uh, you know, just making a joke. There's so much, oh, so great stuff. But like, I love that the family kind of becomes really disillusioned like bart's really doing badly at school and is like kind of held back I'm in the remedial class with the arsonist kid and the kid from canada and they just think he's they think he's slow but he, he's like i'm just from canada <laughs> like they just yeah. think i'm slow <laughs> it's really it's it's a great episode um i think yeah hank scorpio he's just like a guy you really want to know until yeah. you find out what he does and you're like oh even then i don't know i might i might still want to work for him i don't know i still kind of like him yeah I at the end when the house. fight's going on and homer's like oh what's going on i'm having trouble with the government 
and Homer's like, don't get me started, started on, on the, the government. government. There's like, yeah. he's like blowing up national guardsmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then it leaves him like cackling and like blowing people away with a flamethrower and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But he's still in the middle of this. He's taking time to like talk about because Homer's there. Yeah, and give him advice. Like, I've got to move back from my family. You know, they're not happy. I have to do. He's like, listen, you have to do mm -hmm. what I'm sad to see you go, but you have to do what's right for them. He's like, you know, if you're ever on the you know the east coast he's invaded these he's invading the east coast yeah he's like hey if you're ever on the east coast let me look me up you know because it's revealed at the end that he took over um but he, at the end he bought him it's not the dallas cowboys as the start he bought the denver broncos the whole team's just in his yard um i don't know it's just because i think this episode has a little bit of that heart with homer sacrificing something for his family i'm not gonna say it's super deep but no. I, it's not just about the, the special character and the special scenario he brings with him it, you know marge like even maggie has something to do where she's stuck in that swing that goes too fast yeah. <laughs> you know it, it all has something and i think that's something a little something for everybody yeah well i think they also were just like so and i'm not a huge bond fan by any means but like they were just they just did such a good job like being really concise with this idea and like taking it and morphing it into like this really comedic kind of like taking a comedic spin on it in such a good way. Like it was just like a perfect um, combination of things, you know, like I even down to the end credit song, it's like, the, it's a song about Hank Scorpio, but it sounds like a bond. Like, yeah. Song. Oh, the whole, the whole things of a bond, <laughs> bond pastiche. You only move twice. There is a reference to you only die one or, you know, mm -hmm. you only die twice, I think. Uh, uh, it's a you know a bond movie um but they don't go like over the top with him there's a couple of things but he like he's that kind of cartoonish super villain that the old bond movies used to have <clears throat> um but yeah so uh the next one's also one of my favorites if you want to set it up yeah sure our next one is john from ep uh season eight episode 15 homer's phobia aired uh, February 16th, 1997, and is voiced by John Waters, which is one of the hugest reasons that I love this character. That's amazing. That is John Waters. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, we talked about it last year. Um, we talked about queer representation in media, and this is uh, an episode I, I brought up. Um, I think it's the first time I was introduced to the concept of homosexuality, because um, John's, the Homer's phobia that he's referring to is Homer is homophobia not homophobia um he's you know he, he he really likes this character john that they become friends with until he finds out he's gay and then he freaks out and has like gay panic about bart potentially being gay and it's by the end of the episode kind of comes around to john um and it's such a great little story and it's you know like you said it's from 1997 like things were getting better in terms of people talking about uh, queerness but like wasn't really there the way we know it yet and I love that John's such like a likable wholesome character like it's not like because John Waters is kind of a weirdo <laughs> but I love him yeah <laughs> I, I'm not saying, I love him too but like he's not playing John Waters you know no 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 yeah yeah I he, mean he plays uh they you know it's like he play he's kind of playing himself in the sense that the character John is like the owner of this cool like vintage kind of kitschy kind of just like fun junk store mm -hmm. and like 
it's all about like nostalgia. His store is all about like selling nostalgia. So like, that's how they happen upon him is like, he has this really cute store in the mall and they're in there just like looking at all of his fun little kind of junky toys and whatnot. Yeah, so unrelatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never in stores like that. Are you? <laughs> no, God, I wouldn't go there and uh, go to a store like that if you could. If a store like that in Philly, I couldn't afford it. That's the sad yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. There was a time where stores like that were fun to go to. <laughs> no, they they still are. They still are. I'm just making, look. <laughs> I'm a joke about our 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 store. <laughs> no, your store. No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like uh, yeah. So he's just like yeah. I think that that's like the whole point of the story is like John is just like this really great guy. He's friendly. He loves really cool things. He's easy to talk to. Oh he yeah. Great. He has jokes. He's yeah. just like really easy to kind of you know, want to welcome into your life and Homer loves him until he finds out, yeah. you know, and like, that's the whole moral of the story. It's like, it's not about it. That has nothing to do with who John is as a person. Like, he's just like this really great guy, you know? Yeah. And you don't see him with any like man, no, yeah. you know, like there's a reference that he, that he broke a date with Smithers. To, to hang <laughs> that's a good part. <laughs> like, this is your sick mother. Don't Waylon. do this to me, <laughs> Um, So, so so much every episode every season with him is great i love uh you know the the horrible robotic santa he's got yes that he eventually uses to save the day his car um, is like spot on <laughs> but um there's a theory that bart actually is gay i know that's because i know there's a lot of like incidental supporting stuff in like later seasons um bart's 10 so i don't really want to like think about those characters like that but um i know i think this is probably the episode that started it I know there's a joke where he is wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he's like, I don't know, it came out of the closet. And like, it's one of the, one of the signs that like Homer thinks Bart might be gay. Like he picks a, a pink snowball thing instead of chocolate dessert. <laughs> right. Like all this really stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so but it's like things people thought were true. Yeah. You know, things, it's like, things people still think are true. Yeah, yeah. So it's like really, it's in a way like it's, it, it is stupid because like, you know, it is, it's stupid stuff to like even be worried about like you you know people should just be able to be who they are it's not a big deal but like yeah. it's funny it's funny to us I think because we know that like it's supposed to be a gag it's supposed yeah. to be commentary on that you know and it's one of the few times Homer has a lot of character growth mm -hmm. um which is funny because I know later he uh performs like uh Patty's gay wedding so I guess he got over it pretty good yeah, yeah. um but one of my one of my favorite bits in this episode is uh when homer confronts him um he's like you know you're you and he's like where he's like you know he goes off on this thing like that's our word for making fun of you we need it but at the end after he saves him saves him he, he um he caught he stops himself from from calling him something he's like queer queer that's what you like to be called and i love that john's like that or john i think um, so flaming or something I don't but know. he likes his homosexuals fully. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> Which yeah, as a kid, I didn't understand that. But as no, an adult, right. I think that line is freaking hilarious. Well, then there's like the whole steel workers of America oh, yeah. thing. That's really great. Like they're just trying to piss off like these macho America guys. Yeah, you know, well, I like, love that, that's like, fantastic. There's so much. I see what makes this kind of this, this kind of humor work um, or like the racist or the sexist or the whatever. They're really the butt of the joke. And right. the fact that they're wrong, looking at things wrong is exactly is what is funny about it rather than just because this whole episode could have been like making fun of gay people and it's not right it's making no. fun of people that it's making fun of people that think that they're that treat them as anything but people 
because at the end of the right. day, we're all just people, and we, you know, whatever. Exactly, and that's and everybody else in the everybody else in the episode is like totally fine with it. You know, they're like, we don't know like what his problem is. Yeah, they um, they all yeah. I he's a character I wish would show up more, but I understand John Waters can't always get him around. Well, yeah, <laughs> and there's like this really sweet moment at the end after everything has happened, after John kind of saves them from like this trouble they're in. Um, with his Japanese Santa robot, which is just so perfect. Like that's yeah. absolutely something you would find at one of the stores. Oh yeah. He like just turns around in the car and he's like, you know what, Bart, you can, I'm okay with whoever you end up being. Like, yeah. that's really nice. And then Lisa whispers, and like, Bart's kind of like, okay. And Lisa like leans in and she's like, he thinks you're gay. And yeah. like Bart didn't even realize. Like, yeah, the whole that time. whole time, yeah. <laughs> he's like, just thinks his dad is being super like weird. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, so yeah, Bart, maybe it's the tenderization talking or those maybe it's the concussion talking but however you choose to live your life is okay with me it's like what are you yeah, talking yeah. about yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's a really cute episode it's a, like yeah. there's not a lot of really good bart and homer like relationship stories they're mostly right. antagonists for each other but i think it's a, i think it's a <laughs> solid one um, i do love episodes where they work they work together though yeah, I like no. when they team up a lot more when they're than when they're at uh, odds with one another. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those episodes. This is one of those episodes that like makes me feel something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but it is legitimately funny too. Yeah. Because also Mo and Barney get involved, and they're also like incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're, right. to, they're they're like, oh, back in the day, you'd send Bart off to war, killing a man would set you straight. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, maybe we take him hunting, killing a deer is like killing a beautiful man. <sighs> And then Bart's like, I don't know, a bunch of guys out in the woods right. hanging out. Seems kind of gay. And they're like, that is a very negative attitude to have, young man. <laughs> just, I don't know. There's, it's such a great episode. Again, it's because the the people that are wrong are the butt of the joke is what makes right. it. You're right. I, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. That's I was trying it. to think about it and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but that is the perfect explanation. It's, it's why like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia can be kind of mm-hmm. offensive and still work because like the original title for that show was going to be jerks because like they're terrible people right so them thinking terrible and saying terrible things and constantly being wrong and like kind of put in bad places is what makes it work it's not just being offensive to be offensive yeah like you're that's not why, like, surprised fa- that they're doing that's why things. like family guy sucks yes you know? God, don't even <laughs> oh yeah I mean, we can talk about the simpsons guy How- yeah, we say Peter Griffin's a one-off character, even though that was an episode of Family Guy, not The Simpsons. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is rough. Anyway, again, let's focus on positive things. I, I really like the John, yeah, played by John Waters. Um, great character. So I guess we're tipping our hand. Season eight, we had most of our characters from. So we've had Hank Scorpio. We've had John. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, I wrote Rex Banner yeah. from season eight, uh, episode 13, <laughs> Homer versus the 18th Amendment. Uh, from March 16, 1997. Uh, his actor is Dave Thomas. Um, so in this one, uh, Springfield beer becomes prohibited um, and Homer kind of becomes a beer baron, like a, you know, you know bootlegger uh, kind of character. So Rex Banner is like an old timey, like uh, detective that kind of comes in because Chief Wiggum's like not cracking down at all. So he kind of replaces him and just, he's so straight laced and so uptight. Like he can't even laugh as an example. It's like, well, you know what laughter sounds like. He says, and he looks like he's like a Dick Tracy type character. Yeah, he's great. I love that his, his, his whole thing is he's trying to hunt down the beer baron, who's Homer Simpson, <laughs> who's normally so incompetent. But then Rex Bannon, is, or, or Rex Banner rather, is like so like hyper vigilant and like 
so close to being on him. Like he's interviewing Flanders as Homer walks by with his bowling balls. <laughs> um, and it's just a fun episode. It's really good. I love I love when he and like the other cops are like having this like big banana surprise with like sparklers. Not a very happy day for Rex Banner. <laughs> it's um, his birthday, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a really beautiful scene right when they're in that diner right before where they um, reference the painting Nighthawk by Edward Hopper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Diner. Oh, it's so good. Every time I watch it, I always forget it's there. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's like really awesome that they included that in there. <laughs> no, there's some really great, there's a lot of really great like prohibition era jokes. Mm -hmm. I love that Moe's bar like transforms into this pet shop. <laughs> um, and I love that Barney gets stuck in the gears in it. Yeah. Like, wow, that really hurt. Um, <laughs> I love Homer's like scheme where like yeah. they got rid of all the duff beer and he kind of like dug it up and stole it and like it's kind of bowling it in like these empty bowling balls mm -hmm. which now have like a thing that leads to Moe's yeah. um, so and he, he even it. wins like Lisa and Marge are you know at first they're upset that like you know he's doing this illegal bootlegging but he, he, when they figure out how he's doing it they're like wow that's really clever oh yeah like, yeah Mar like, Marge, Marge kind of goes all in it because <laughs> yeah. like they, they set them up as like Lisa and Marge are going to be off them right <laughs> really clever like she's like mom look we got this father this is really clever um you know and they just making, she's like look at all this money we're making she's like ooh, like, <laughs> um i, I kind of like when marge isn't always like just this nag oh yeah which i feel like her character eventually devolved into which is kind of sad because some marge episodes are really good i i think she's underrated we've talked about this before she's like yeah. a, i love marge i think yeah. she's a great character yeah I, yeah it stinks if you watch a modern thing because Julie Kavner has been doing this gravelly voice for so long that like yes. you can kind of like this voice is just wrong now like she can't do it anymore. I thought she I, I thought she died. She's not the voice. No, 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 I'm pretty sure she's still doing it. She, um, the person while uh, who plays Edna Krabappel died. Oh, okay. Marsha Wallace is her name. Oh, um, right, 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 right. Russie Taylor died. She was Martin. Um, I think she. I forget who else she was. Um, but you know she's mostly known for like being Minnie Mouse and like the nephews and stuff uh, in DuckTales. But um, you know that's part of the problem. We have a show going on pushing forty years. Like you know, everybody's it, starting to sound aged, even yeah. Bart and Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it's just like also you know I, I don't know how, how many times can you keep kind of telling the same kind of stories with these characters. But I, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I, I think whenever The Simpsons ends, I'm gonna try to get a ton of people on and we're just going to talk about our favorite episodes uh you know uh well but you know that might be like 50 years from now i don't know yeah, who knows <laughs> i might not even make it till that long who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> um but yeah I, it's just a fun episode i love at the end when you know prohibitions like repealed you know homer's big toast is uh to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems <laughs> I, ha I have that on a t-shirt um that's a serious problem <laughs> yeah um but yeah so would you like to introduce the next one who's my also i would say probably if i had to rank them might be my number one i think so pick, uh, i think most characters. people would agree <laughs> all right it's grimy frank grimes from season eight episode 23 homer's enemy originally aired may 4th 1997 and is voiced by Hank Azaria. I always know, am I saying that right? Az I always said Azaria. Okay. Might be Azaria, because like Aria is a thing, but mm -hmm. 
I've, I've always ever heard it pronounced as area. Um, but yeah, grimy as he likes to be called. Um, <laughs> wow. What a, what a great episode. <laughs> yeah. So the conceit of it is, is I, and behind the scenes, they wrote that, uh, they mentioned that, uh, they wanted to create like what was essentially a realistic character mm-hmm. to put into the show to kind of juxtapose, juxtapose how crazy things were. Um, so he, he ends up working with Homer and he's like hardworking and has had this tough life. And like Homer's not hardworking and is very stupid and has this amazing life, really. Mm-hmm. They kind of show, what do you think about this episode having been the final episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. I think it could have worked. I think it could have worked too. Just like kind of this like transplant from nowhere who just... But it kind of shows like how ridiculous the show had become at this point. And this is 14 years ago. Yeah. No, 24 years ago. Oh my God. I do do like that his son comes back later though. (laughs) Um, Because yeah, they did. They they have said they regret killing him off at the end of this because it was such a fun character that they could have brought him back for more um but uh because there's the scene where homer's trying to get him to like like him so he invites him over for like lobster meat like a lobster dinner mm-hmm. um and they kind of sees him on the walls like him with gerald ford him uh, on tour with smashing pumpkins him in space yeah he's like oh you've <laughs> never been hey would you like to see my grammy um bart, ha- bart owns a factory in the side plot which they said they only added because they needed to have some levity because the stuff with grimy is so de- yeah. could be viewed as so de- so dark and depressing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I live on top of a bowling alley that's under another bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he like goes into their house, which seemingly seems like a normal like middle class house, but even the, you know like they, there's so many episodes where like their house is like crumbling and falling apart, but like Frank Grimes comes in and he's like, "This place is a palace." Like. Yeah, it's huge. How do you afford this? <laughs> yeah like uh, someone's there's been lots of articles and stuff now that like the simpsons family like with just homer working could not be able to afford no. that house today no especially where i if especially if they live in like on the west coast where we think they might possibly live there's no way yeah yeah because i because um matt graining's from oregon i think mm-hmm. so like I, a lot of stuff's like kind of inspired by there I mean, they obviously go way out of their way to say it's just wherever. Right, right, right. Um, you know, it's it's Springfield anywhere, USA. How like, many places have Redwood Forest? Just say. <laughs> yeah. How many places have a gorge? <laughs> right. Uh, or or being adjacent <laughs> to the ocean and like, right. <laughs> the flexible reality of the show is it's just wherever. Um. But yeah, just just watching Grimy's like descent into madness. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I love when he just snaps at the end because he, he tricks Homer into entering this contest for kids and he ends up winning it. Like nobody thinks it's weird that he's there because <laughs> he's trying to show just how crazy this character, like how horrible like Homer is, is. Yeah. and like nobody sees it. Yeah. And he's the only one. And we also find out that Lenny and Carl have master's degrees, which I did not know. Yeah. So whenever <laughs> they show the future episodes, like they're all like up in the, the offices yeah. and Homer's still working the same job. <laughs> But you know, um, to be yeah. nuclear engineers, like you have to be really intelligent. You have to, to yeah. I mean, well, when they show the episode where they get the job, he just like watched a video, right? Like it, they were right out of high school and they kind of just like were recruiting people and like. Yeah, well, I know when the show first starts, Homer's just working some mm-hmm. random job there. He gets fired, mm-hmm. like goes on this like safety kick after he tried to kill himself. 
because that season one was like that. Yeah. Uh, because of that, like, uh, they, they hire him as safety inspector. And then mm. that's just where he is forever. Um, you know, it's good old Sector 7G. But I just love watching him, like, like Grimes trying to deal with Homer at work. He's got like, you got a 416 going on in your, you know, the, something bad's happening. Oh, a 416. And Homer just pours, pours water on his console to like the alarms. <laughs> it's just like the horrified look on his face. It's like, oh my God. I think Frank Grimes is such an amazing character because everybody can feel, everybody can relate to that. Everybody has worked with a person, maybe not exactly like homer but a person where you're just like you do not deserve to have everything that you do deserve oh yeah we all know someone like that right comparatively to how hard not even just like i'm working or you're working but like everybody else is working you know it's just like we all know we all have been in a situation like that and i think it's just like what you wish you could do in that situation other than electrocuting yourself to death all the other stuff you know you wish you could just like scream in their face and like let them tell them about themselves you know like he's he's just you know living living your dreams (laughs) yeah we feel like the world's gone crazy like right this doesn't make sense that nobody thinks this is a problem right Um, yeah oh such a great episode like i said i think it could have been a series finale just because it does show how how strange the world is and just kind of like again he's supposed to be like a normal person and like normal people could not live in springfield right basically <laughs> um but yeah it's it's one of the all-time greatest episodes it's it's a contender for me for my favorite episode of the simpsons but sometimes it's, it's just kind of comes down to like what mood i'm in so i can't yeah that's one. true sometimes i'm not in for grimy yeah you're right yeah. he's too like he's too real yeah you know? well, I watched the show to escape reality. <laughs> because like an episode that got cut from here, because I, I I almost want to talk about Don or Dan Brodka, mm-hmm. but like he's not what I like about that episode is ultimately why I cut him. Mm-hmm. That might be my favorite episode. It's super really uh, the margin Bart story where like That's you good. know he was stealing stuff at Christmas time. <clears throat> it's at the end, like she like lost yeah. all faith in him. And it kind of gets restored at the end, like when he bought this really nice photo because he ruins all their photos for her. And like, you see the receipt attached to it. And like, you know, they're like, what did you steal now? And it's like, I wanted to surprise you for Christmas. I'm like, oh man, it just makes me mad. I know. It oh, gets, yeah. It's such a good episode. We'll save that when we talk family episodes because there's a lot of really good ones like that. Um, like, I think that, you know, Homer's enemy is kind of missing that a little bit. But it's a really funny episode and it's grimy so memorable. He's also just such a boring looking guy that like it's perfect. Yeah. Just your average dude. Yeah. Average white dude. <laughs> or average yellow dude. Yeah, true. <laughs> I like that sometimes they mention that they're yellow. Um one yeah. character calls Bart yellow trash at one point. Yeah, that's oh wait, is she off here now? We took I her did off? I did take her off. Yeah. yeah. There was a that... couple of characters we 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 wrote uh, wrote a bigger list and then we narrowed down i didn't have too much to say about um yeah jessica lovejoy after all i kind of you know like you're supposed to just like her but i was just like i feel like there's nothing i really want to say about her like she's pretty awful but like, like I, <laughs> other than like i kind of like that episode um yeah I, yeah I, I like seeing bart more as a normal kid rather like than just being like person. yeah more more being rather than just this like kind of bad kid right even though he still is in it 
but like you know he's dealing with like i have a crush and like i'm like oh that's cute yeah. you know that's some a different aspect of bart's personality i really like um again I, you know one of my favorite episodes with bart and this is we're just going to go off on some simpson tangents a little bit um i think it's season the end of season two um when bart gets an f is what it's called mm-hmm. well like he's he's failing the fourth grade he like legitimately studies and tries hard to pass this test and still fails and like kind of breaks down I'm like, oh man, like I kind of, we've kind of all been there where like you work really hard for something just not good enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, it kind of shows him like not just being like the nineties Dennis the Menace, you know? Yeah, he's more complex than that. Yeah, Bart's a great, I, they're all great characters. They, that I would say Homer like, devolves you know, into kind of a terrible character, but. Well, and that's like, that's the sad part of, that's the sad part about it because like Homer really does have these like redeeming qualities about him. Like he's basically like Michael Scott, you know, like yeah. someone that you know you should dislike because he does all these terrible selfish things. But at the end of the day, he always figures it out. Whether somebody has to tell him or not, he in his own Homer way kind of always tries to like, yeah make amends or it's more the character's ignorant and kind of needs people right he needs guidance yeah but now it's just he's just jerk ass homer that's what fans refer to this era of homer um yeah so we still got a couple more people we we wanted to talk about um why don't you set up our next guy sure our next guy is oh yeah ray patterson from season nine episode 22 the trash of the titans it originally aired April 26, 1998, and the voice actor is Steve Martin. I mean, that's the number one reason he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. A lot of these just have really great voice actors. Yeah. Um, so he's like the garbage commissioner of Springfield? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the waste disposal commissioner or something like that. So yeah. basically, okay, it starts out, <laughs> and that's like also one of the best things about The Simpsons is like every episode starts out like one way just to bring you to like the plot of the story, which is always something like completely different than how it started. So mm-hmm. this episode starts with um, a new holiday being created because the holiday industry needs to make more money in the summertime. Yeah. So they create Love Day. <laughs> yeah, something like Love Day, but not so lame. And then hard cut to them celebrating Love Day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's great. Yeah. Valentine's Day in the summer. So you just yeah. like buy all of this dumb crap. It's like Sir Hugs a lot. It's a little teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed like a knight or. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that bear is really cute. They didn't have Lord Huggington. <laughs> yeah. I love that it's not the one Homer wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so basically, it's all just crap. So they just throw it into a trash can at the end of love day. And I was just like, all right, well, that's another love day. And, um, you know, he's trying to, they have this family rule where you don't have to take it off the trash until the trash can spills over. (laughs) So they're all like fighting to pile the trash super high. And eventually Homer's the one who has to do it. And he misses the garbage, the garbage trucks like taking off right as he goes outside and gets in a fight with the garbage man. So they refuse to pick up his trash and it just like, basically snowballs into this whole war against the garbage men. And then Homer runs to be like this waste disposal commissioner against Ray Patterson, who is Steve Martin, who's been doing it for like decades because people just always vote him in to do it. Cause he's, he, I think he's always running unopposed. Cause yeah, he's running unopposed. He's, he's just doing like, a fine job, job. And like, yeah. And like, yeah, he's just doing it. He doesn't care. He's, yeah. I mean, he does care, but not, he's just like, he's not a corrupt politician. He's just a, a civil servant, let's say, yeah. you know, he's just doing his job. Um, so Homer wins 
and transforms the garbage men into like these magical beings who wear like yeah. suede because well, he runs on like the garbage men will like do everything he'll do it for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have a song which is another great part of this episode it's a it's a parody of candy man it's a garbage yeah. man <laughs> um yeah and so basically he runs it into the ground because he spends all of the money in he, a he, week he blows like the whole he blows the annual budget in a week yeah yeah so there's no and, garbage men because he's like buying them ridiculous uniforms and they can't pay them and everything anyway in the end uh they ask for ray patterson to come back and yeah. because ray patterson you know basically ran on ran on the platform that's like um this guy is just like telling you lies i'm just like gonna do the job that i've been doing that you guys have been happy with so you should vote for me and in the end they offer the job back and he's just like well you all are screwed and i'll see you later and then just like yeah. walks off the stage i love that they they, they play him on to the sanford and something because they live in a garbage place yeah but then they play him right off after he tells them that yeah. that was the whole town that they're screwed like they made their bed they're gonna sleep in it so good. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah and there, there's no analog to you know modern uh politics or anything like that <laughs> with that whole thing right we're so. not gonna go there but he's a very much in the vein of frank grimes where he's just like again another just like realistic person in this position um just kind of like trying to run this really important aspect of our lives that we don't really like think about and this idiot comes in and is just going to like upend it all and he's just like what is going on like why yeah we're <laughs> like emotion trumps reason yeah yeah like uh yeah it's kind of depressing in <laughs> today's world yes it wasn't so depressing then at least i mean you know or at least i wasn't as aware of right. how depressing it actually is we didn't even get a jingle in reality maybe if we got a jingle it would have been a little bit better yeah. <laughs> but yeah ray patterson just a great character and do you want to call this last one cheating too <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Yeah, this uh, one's kind of cheating. Okay. Set that one up. This one's good. Okay. Um, so the character is Max Power from season <laughs> 10, episode 13, Homer to the Max. It aired um February 7th, 1999, and the actor is Dan Castellaneta, which is the normal voice actor for Homer, because it's essentially just Homer. There's yeah. the twist. <laughs> Homer changes his name to Max Power. I <laughs> love named Max Power. This is one of my favorite, like sort of longer in the tooth episode like right before like i really stopped watching the show mm -hmm. um there's so there's this exciting new cop show where like this cool suave cop is named homer simpson so like everyone kind of treats homer the same way and after the pilot they retool him to be like this dumb buffoon who's like catchphrases like oh spaghettios <laughs> but then everyone treats homer that way and he hates it so um he appeals to the network to get the character's name changed and they just like laugh him out so he gets his name, he changes his name to Max Power, which he got off of a hairdryer, um, which is great. Um, and because of this new cool name, he kind of opens up all these weird new doors for him. Um, he again gets promoted, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he gets like accepted in like higher society. It ends really weird. It does end really well, It's weird. a parody of some movie. I forget what it is, but like I didn't know what it was at the time. But it's a, it's a fun gag you know calling a max yeah. power no you don't snuggle with a max power you strap in and feel the g <laughs> he <laughs> also has a song yeah. which i love which is another james bond-esque song yes. i think it's like, i think it's goldfinger 
Well, it is really funny because this episode, because the name is so James Bond-esque, I always think it happens during the Hank Scorpio episode, like in my brain. I always have to like remember like, oh no, they're two separate episodes. <laughs> like he's not, I always remember it as like, Homer changes his name to Max Power and then he gets um, a new job at this, you know, fancy new company. And I'm like, oh wait, no, that's not storyline. <laughs> but I also like um, when he's, when he's suggesting the list of names that he would prefer instead, it's like Hercules Rockefeller and yeah. Brandt Q. Einstein and some Be Wonderful. And then the judge <laughs> the is judge like, I'm going to pick the only one that's like spelled correctly. Yeah, the only one that's spelled correctly. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, they do in the episode, they do kind of treat it as a separate character because Marge is like, yeah, or Simpson, not Max Power. Right. You know, he's he, like an alter ego. I think it counts. Yeah. Like I said, it's he our best. Yeah. Yeah, he does act differently, <laughs> which is weird. But uh, yeah, it's a Max Power is a fun gag. I the I got it from a hairdryer line just always <laughs> stuck with me. Yes. Like I think about that kind of thing all the time when I need to nickname characters. Like I just had to name a Tabaxi NPC in a uh, <laughs> uh, a, a game of Dungeons and Dragons the other day, and just I was like, whatever, it's not a thing I thought about too much because I made a kitty cafe. So everyone there is like a cat person. So they're tabaxis. Mm -hmm. I thought that That's was adorable. Funny. So they're all named like Julie and Eartha and stuff. So they're all named after these women that played Catwoman. So I could have done the Michelle Pfeiffer one. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, speaking about earlier in the episode. Um, but I didn't. There wasn't <laughs> enough characters because it was just an incidental. We just needed the characters just wanted to like get lunch somewhere. So I just needed to will a thing into existence. And I thought that'd be funny. I want to work at the tabaxi cat cat cafe <laughs> we just i think we just called it the cat cafe just because that's what it is um again i it, that that game we're playing it's a little goofier um a lot of us listen to the adventure zone so we we mm -hmm. kind of have fun with dungeons and dragons and that um i don't we don't play it super super serious even though we're in like water deep it's not real. like i'm not using any actual <laughs> water deep material um but that's a conversation for another day. So looking back at this list, I want to say, is there anything like you think we learned? Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of our top people, there's only like two women. Yeah, that's um, true. Which is something I didn't really think about until we were going, like actually doing this, having this conversation. Um, like I said, most of ours are like later seasons, a lot of episode eight characters. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. But just yeah. interesting things to notice. Um, yeah, and they're all real, like, uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. This makes sense that the show's called The Simpsons, but they're all very much involved with, like, the family, more or less. Yeah. Like, Lyle Langley's probably, like, the most removed. Where he just kind of rolls in, does this thing, and then leaves. Yeah. But the rest are, are, are a lot more involved in the plot and, and getting involved with, like, interacting with our characters. Yeah, I also, I mean looking back we really um, i mean and this is one of the things that like even though i love the simpsons i always kind of feel like disappointed that and it, it's not even just this show because this is just like a big problem in you know hollywood as we know but it's just like very white well, or yellow but you know what i mean just like yeah yeah no no people of color men, here. pretty much yeah we have one lgbtq we have two with John because we also have Carl. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And we've got one character of a real person. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but to be fair, like looking back, like Rex Banner is kind of a parody of old timey detectives, which are usually portrayed in media as white. Hank Scorpio is, mm-hmm. a, I mean, he could have been like weirdly European, but I think because he's Albert Brooks, like I think, yeah. I think his design fits the, the personality and, and, and style, right? But again, like a lot of James Bond things, like they're just now having people of color in them. Right. Um, Stacey Lavelle is supposed to be, you know, like Barbie. Barbie's, I don't want to say always white, but like traditionally seen as white. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if any of this stuff's necessarily intentional, but I think that's just like, again, that speaks to the society's like default for yeah, person yeah. I is, is white yeah. man, you know? I have a hard time believing that, you know, people who um, write such politically progressive kind of like commentary comedy would necessarily like do that on purpose but it's like this subconscious thing you know what i mean like that we're kind of now trying to work on and i know the simpsons in recent years has gotten a lot of uh a lot of flack for portrayal of apu which Mm -hmm. i think is kind of it comes from a place of innocence i don't think they were trying to be malicious i do understand the damage he might have done to to indian americans i understand that he is played by a white man right but i do think there's episodes like the the immigration episode like where apu i don't know apu to me is one of the most well-realized like secondary characters Mm -hmm. that like i i I don't i i don't think they're trying to maliciously say anything about apu i understand and i think he stems from like the fact that like basically all the characters in it kind of stem from a stereotype in a way like the fact that the, the guy who runs the convenience store is an Indian immigrant, like that, yeah. that is the stereotype. It's one of those things like, it's one of those problems that's going to stem from a show that's been around from like, what's really a different era still going. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, cause they can't adapt that much between now and then. I would, I get why they retired that character specifically I don't think that I think there's probably a more elegant solution mm-hmm. because I do like a poo and I would like to see him around, but I do. Yeah. I do get why people had problems. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but it would have been, it would have been cool if maybe they had like an, an Indian, um, an Indian American comedian, like come in and like take over the voice or something. So at least it's like played by somebody who kind of maybe is closer to that experience or knows people better who have that experience and can kind of like play it more true than just like some white guy who's playing it based off of like stereotypes in his yeah. in his world you know what i mean because I, I know a lot of indian american actors have a lot of trouble getting jobs because people want them to do like that kind of accent true yeah and, i mean and some and of them refuse to you know do yeah that. and i totally understand that too yeah but it's just like i feel like that could have been a really cool opportunity for somebody to spin it in a in a different yeah. way i mean that's you know? a, this that could be a whole podcast in the future what we can kind of definitely <laughs> but i would i would like to get someone from that community who has mm-hmm. so that way we can have a, a bit of a, a, a dialogue um it's not just you know us white people just talking about, right <laughs> um people who don't really understand that experience at all <laughs> yeah um but like, like i said he was always one of my favorite characters i but like i think the show should have ended a long time ago yeah. Um, it might have been cool, like if a show ended, but like they still did like Trials of Horrors every year or something fun like mm-hmm. that. Like a special. Yeah, I, I think that because because then they can make them like an hour and make them actual specials, and like you could probably do a lot more. I think 
I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where it's just got so much stuff that like, it's hard to, I can't imagine coming up with new Simpsons episodes that aren't derivative of old stuff. Yeah. And because and of the little timeline that keeps changing, like when Marge and Homer met, it's like now yeah. they met and then now they got married in the 90s and it's like yeah, that one was weird <laughs> yeah, i i think just stop bringing up that period in their life yeah now. yeah i don't know but that's a conversation for a whole other day um <laughs> as you can tell we can talk simpsons all day long um and maybe one day we will yeah. <laughs> um, but i think that'll do us for this episode uh, unless you have any like final thoughts you would like to to say about one. I mean, do you want to do honor? I feel like we did some of our honorable mentions. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should there probably mention a couple of them. A few that I thought about but didn't put on here, like Sherry Bobbins. Sherry Bobbins <laughs> I, I love Sherry Bobbins, but I also find like you know that's just one of those episodes later on that kind of they're starting to kind of get to this territory where they maybe don't really know what they like their core concept is anymore they're kind of just like doing things they think are silly yeah there's like we're just gonna have mary poppins show up right <laughs> yeah like that's the whole joke um and she has some great songs she does <laughs> i love uh i yeah i mentioned um uh oh my god the lovejoy's kid yep jessica jessica yes i kept wanting to say helen i'm like that's the wife um uh what's the one with, with lisa's friend i like her a lot too Lisa's friend. Oh, the blonde girl by Lisa Kudrow. By Lisa Kudrow. I wasn't thinking her, but there's also the the the, the episode, the summer of four foot three, um, where they go to the beach house, and like Lisa. Oh, I love movie. that one. Like the main girls, Christina Ricci. Um, no, I'm thinking like oh, it's called the episode's called Lisa's Rival. I can't remember the character's name offhand. Oh my gosh, but this oh, girl shows. Allison, you know, the Telltale right? Heart. Hey, Allison, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, where she kind of seems like she's like Lisa, but better. Um, I'm trying to think of what other characters. I, I, I mentioned Don Brodka. Almost put in, I can't remember her name, but the um, the woman who owned the uh, the burlesque house. I was thinking about that one too. I can't remember her name. I love I that Miss, episode. I was like Miss B. I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna bother me. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I thought about the burlesque house episode, but I didn't have as much to say as I did some of the other ones. Bell. Um, Bell, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of episodes we could have brought up that we did not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but the, yeah, and like that was kind of part of the hard, hard, the hard part of it too. And like I know that we kind of talked about it, like while we were trying to figure out who to put in, but it was just like they're kind of coming into this problem now where I feel like they're starting to run out of ideas. So they're starting to like resurrect these really amazing like one-off characters who should probably just stay as one-off characters because they were just like so magical the first time, but they're trying to like recreate that little bit of magic in yeah. these newer episodes by bringing them back. And it's just like, doesn't work. And it's so sad. I, I just want to not. <laughs> we, could, we could have bent the rules a little bit and said Herb Powell, even though he has two episodes. Uh, yeah, that one doesn't count. He just had two episodes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Lurleen Lumpkin, I had to delete because she has two episodes because they brought her back yeah. in modern times. Yeah, or Llewellyn Sinclair. I love him, but we couldn't talk about him because yeah. <laughs> he gets. I mean, we could have talked about Jay Sherman. <laughs> I did think about that. <laughs> I do love that episode. Um, and That's I love. A good one. I love I am, I know Matt Groening hates that episode. He took his name off it. It's the only one he hasn't done a commentary for, because he Jeez. doesn't like the shilling for another. Like it, to, to him, it ruins like uh, the integrity of the show. I'm like, 
but the critics such like a simpsons-esque thing yeah i feel and john like love lavelle love john uh, love it's he's great yeah he's already been on the show a whole bunch yeah um, i don't know it's i like that episode i love when they sing the oscar minor wiener song well, there's there's <laughs> lots of great like movie stuff in it like pukahannas is amazing um i love football to the groin um Oh yeah, that's a great episode. That episode's called "A Stars Burns." I can't believe I remember all of these episode names. Though. I know. I, I can't remember, remember any Star Trek names. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, their episode names are usually a little flowerier. Yeah, and they are usually clever, clever wordplay or something. Yeah, Homer's phobia is about the episode where Homer talks yeah. about his homophobia. The title is just good. That's yeah. such a good title. Yeah. <laughs> or Homer's enemy. That's the one where Homer has an enemy. Right. Um, <laughs> um but yeah oh yeah i i we're definitely going to do simpsons again soon i want to talk about you kind of got me back into watching it again and like i it's it's a, a show that always it never gets old it always feels good to revisit like i and, I, and so it's not many... just nostalgia talking it's still legitimately good no, 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 yeah and there's like a, they pack a lot into the 20 minutes a lot of little like snide comments a lot of little like hidden gems like you can watch them over and over again and yeah. still catch things and there's a lot of visual gags that. too yeah you know, they're just yeah. in the background they call them like vcr jokes because you'd only catch them if you could pause it on your vcr mm-hmm. which is such an old timey <laughs> right. now because that's like because then it was VCR after VCR, there was DVD, then Blu-ray, and now we don't even have that anymore. We just have streaming, <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, but I think that'll do us for this episode. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Kayla. Thank you for having me. I always have so much fun talking with you. <laughs> I'll definitely have you next time we want to do Simpsons. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it off screen and uh, figure out what we want to do next. Um, but so until next time, stay safe. Yeah. Bye, guys.